Gotta leave real estate, find you the best rate. I'll do all Philly like Google Expressway. Talking to people who added a 215, even a 267. Hello, this is John Lee, your local real estate agent here in the Philadelphia, greater Philadelphia area. I am here with Susan Kim. Um, we are going to change the brakes on some of you guys. I know that a lot of people who I've been interviewing either had to deal with being an entrepreneur, running their own business, or in some cases in real estate. Um, but Susan is a Division One volleyball coach and um, very unique in nature. Um, and I'm very uh, happy to have her as a guest. So Susan, if you can give our audience a brief introduction about yourself and uh, what you got going on here. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for having me. Um, sure. My name's Susan Kim. I am the head coach here at Lemoyne College in Syracuse, New York. I started the job uh, July 1st and I you know, physically moved up here um, the beginning of August. So I've been coaching in the Division I um, landscape now for the last four or five years. Um, but I've been at the Division I level before. Um, I've also coached at the Division II level, um, high school, and even ran my own club uh, for about 13, 14 years. So um, I kind of know the whole entrepreneur and, and running your own business part as well. Um, but yeah, now I'm uh, you know in a different state, in a different uh, town, and I'm trying to do something new. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, like, obviously, you have a pretty, really, you have a really cool story. And um, briefly for our audience, can you kind of explain how you got where you are, uh, just kind of from the beginning all the way to to, to now? Yeah. Um, so I played some, you know, ball in high school, um, and then I did a little bit of club, but I, I. To be honest, I probably started this sport um, a lot later than other people have because it's not very typical for Korean Americans to look to play sports in college. I know it's a little bit more popular now, but back in our day, um, you know, it wasn't something that we thought was possible. So I kind of did the typical you go to college, um, you get your college degree and you start working. And I played club in college as well. I didn't play varsity uh, volleyball. I I didn't know I was good enough to play. Um, and looking back, I probably was good enough to play, um, you know, collegiately. But, you know, unfortunately, I didn't have, you know, the resources or the support that, you know, maybe some of the you know, players have now. Um, so I majored in computer and information systems, minored in economics, um, worked in IT for about five or six months, decided that sitting behind a computer wasn't for me. I wanted to be around people. Uh, so I went back to school and got my post back. Um, I did a post back program at Temple and got my teaching cert in health and phys ed. Um, and all while doing that, I actually ran into a, a former um, a club director that I played for. And, and she asked me if I was interested in coaching. So after I graduated college, about a year later, I got into high school coaching um, and started coaching club as well. And it just kind of took off from there. So it definitely wasn't a career path that I was, you know, planning on right. um, getting into. But, um, you know, instead I racked up some college, you know, debt and, right. uh, you know, didn't use any of my degrees really um, in, in what I'm doing now. I mean, a little bit of the teaching stuff, yes. But uh, for the most part, I kind of, you know, learned um, as I went. So, yeah, I ended up here just by chance and and I love what I do. So. I'm lucky that I'm in a, a field that I get to do what I love doing every day. And, and really, I guess I don't call it work. I just call it, I get to go to volleyball. So Yeah. 
No, that's awesome, Susan. I think you're also missing some of the colleges that you're at. So if you could tell our audience, what colleges were you at? Yeah, I, I started out at Holy Family, which is a Division II school in Philadelphia. Um, I had a, a brief stint at uh, LaSalle, uh, which was Division I. Um, I went back to Holy Family, uh, then moved up the ranks and went to Ryder um, in New Jersey. And then I was at Georgetown uh, for a year as well um, until you know I had some family stuff going on at home. So I decided to come back home, uh, return back to Ryder. Uh, for a year and then I got this job so yeah I, I got to you know coach in the big east for a little bit too so let's go let's go yeah. and I'm so proud just being a Korean because um, you don't find too many um, coaching uh, well let alone athletes but coaching is so rare um, because coaching comes with a rich history of, uh, of of playing the sport knowing the sport so um, representing our culture that is like a huge, huge benefit to our community. So thank you so much. Um, now, kind of going along the lines of that, I think you mentioned some of the setbacks that you had, obviously, um, you know, being, you know, an Asian American, a Korean American, I think a lot of us are told to, let's just say, do well academically, um, or we're not really encouraged to do sports. Like what kind of barriers did you face with that? And how did you overcome those barriers? And um, like, you know, give me your thought process on all that and what your thoughts are now. Yeah, um, I would say my biggest barriers in all honesty is just not knowing what was available. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you kind of know what you know and, and our parents aren't, our parents are definitely not, you know, going out of their way to find out, you know, what's what's out there for right. us. So right. um, I was lucky in the sense that my parents supported me playing and, and coaching uh, for the most part. Uh, but it was mostly I just knowing what was available, what um, what I could have done um, and thinking back, like I there could have been so many more opportunities for me um, and I just didn't know. So um, as a as I became a coach, that was one of my biggest, um, I guess, motivations um, to try and give that to the athletes that I, you know, I didn't have those chances. And I always wanted to make sure like, hey, you're good enough to play in college or, you know, if you need help. You know, um, you know, these are some of the things that I've kind of, you know, done myself. So I had to figure out a lot of things on my own, um, you know, by trial and error. So it probably took me a little bit longer to get to where I was. Mm. Um, but other than that, like, yeah, like I wouldn't say, I guess my biggest barriers is just, you know, just not knowing and having to figure all that out as I went. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So now that you are officially a head coach of, uh, you know, obviously a division one program, um, I'm just curious. This is just more out of me asking out of curiosity. Like, how does that work with recruiting? Is that something that you're now in charge of? Is it like the movies where you have like scouts out there and, you know, yeah. you camps and stuff? <laughs> like, how does that yeah. work? Um, so, you know, depending on the program, you know, right now I'm, I, I have two assistant coaches, but they're yeah. both one's a volunteer and one's part time. Yeah. Um, so I'm still doing a lot of the stuff outside of practices on my own. Okay. Um, you know, typically when you have, you know, multiple people, like I was, you know, the recruiting coordinator at Georgetown. Um, but that doesn't mean that other staff members aren't out there recruiting. Um, right. so it really depends on what the head coach is looking for and, and how they want to divvy up the responsibilities. Right. Um, sometimes head coaches are very involved. Sometimes they kind of leave it up to their assistants or their recruiting coordinators to kind of do all of that. Um, so as, 
as I started coaching, the responsibilities of recruiting have gotten heavier for sure. And and definitely here, I'm the only one doing it. Okay. Oh, um, wow. So, okay. you know, it's from going through emails, looking at film, um, going out and watching, you know, players play. Uh, because I got hired so late here, I didn't, I had one opportunity to go out to nationals in Chicago in the summer to go watch um, some players play. So you basically go to tournaments and you kind of walk around, you have like a list of kids that you're looking at and you kind of evaluate them. Um, Right now, since I'm in season, it's really tough for me to go out to watch players play um, live. So a lot of my recruiting is based off of film, uh, which you're, you're watching their highlight reels and stuff like that. So you're, you're obviously seeing the good stuff. Um, so once you get kind of further along with some of the players, then you're asking for like full match film. So you can see, you know, kind of when they're maybe not involved in the play or what they're doing on the sidelines or things like that. So um, yeah, once our, our season's over uh, for division one, we're in a quiet period from December 1st till I think it's like February, like right the Friday before President's Day weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then so President's Day weekend is, is is opening weekend for us to go out and start traveling and and recruiting in person. Um, so until then, uh, unless I can get out to some stuff now, which is hard because I'm one person, I know some of the other staffs, um, you know, other teams that have multiple staff members there'll be an assistant coach that'll go fly somewhere to go watch a kid play at their high school game or something like that. But I can't do that, nor do I have the resources to just like hop on a plane um, anytime that I want. So, um, you know, you kind of have to be very strategic about what trips you're making and what tournaments you want to attend to be able to see players live. So my next class that I'm looking at is the 24 class, which is the kids that'll be incoming fall of 24 Right. Um, so most of my recruiting for that class is going to be based off of film. And then the 25 class, I can start making a list of, you know, players that I want to go see. And then I go see them live. So, um, you know, like rivals and prep, like they have like ratings, like five star, four star, three star rating, like players and stuff. I don't know if they have that with volleyball players, but considering that, um, you know, your program is on the smaller scale, you're not Georgetown at the end. Right. Of the day, right? right. So like, how do you compete with recruiting? Like, like, are you, there has to be a certain strategy behind that, right? Like, uh, are you recruiting more so locally? You're trying to get a local talent. Um, are you like, what's kind of like your, um, your pull, your, you know, your kind of like your secret sauce to get people into, into your program? Well, there is rankings for volleyball as well. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely not going to be getting those kinds of kids, right? Those are the power five. And you're talking about the top elite programs within the power five programs that are getting those kids. So I know there's um, even within the, the recruiting, like the athletes themselves, they're ranked sometimes. And then you have um, certain programs that are like, Oh, they're getting like their, their class that they're bringing in has a ranking as well um, because of the number of kids that they're getting within the ranks and stuff like that. So to be honest, I'm not probably going to be touching any of that. Um, For me, it's uh, I do have the opportunity to recruit, um, you know, countrywide, Um, you know, it's going to be, I mean, I'm talking to kids from California, um, Texas, Florida, Chicago. Uh, I am talking to some local kids, um, Georgia, uh, so there is, you know, a lot of, there's, a, there's a good amount of volleyball players out there. Right. Uh, so there is a lot to look at. 
Um, but I do feel like I'm kind of behind the game as far as this next, actually the next two classes probably. Right. Um, it's even the 25s are starting to commit and stuff like that, or they already have. Right. Um, but I'm also looking internationally as well. So oh, nice. I get kids from Europe, um, you know, there's some kids from Italy, uh, Turkey, um, you know, that I've been talking to recently. So uh, it's, it's all over the world and, and all over the country. So it's not just limited. There are plenty of volleyball players to kind of go around. I just have to find them, you know. That seems kind of fun too, in a sense where like, I, I don't know, like when I played uh, NCAA, like college football, like there's a section of the game that makes it kind of fun where you get to recruit and you're like trying to talk to student athletes and stuff. So it kind of reminds yeah. me of that. So yeah, no, that seems pretty cool. So yeah, I mean, apart from that, like um, your day to day, what's that overall look like for you, like on season, off season? Yeah. Um, right now during the season, a lot of my time is, you know, administrative work, whether it be, you know, planning the trips, writing itineraries, um, figuring out where they're going to eat, um, you know, from that little stuff to um, recruiting, sending out emails, having Zoom calls, um, planning visits if they're trying to come to campus, you know, if we're that far along in the process and they want to come and see the campus, um, scouting, you know, seeing who we're going to be playing and and trying to dive into, you know, the data and the analytics and trying to figure out what our game plan is. Uh, practice planning is also part of the day, um, you know, dealing with the student athletes themselves, like if they come in and, and there's stuff that they want to talk about or, um, you know, with academics, I have, you know, study hall that I'm monitoring as well. So it's right now, just because I'm the only person that's here all day, um, you know, I'm doing, I have to wear many hats. Yeah. So I go from taking care of the logistics of the program, budgeting um, to, you know, monitoring study hall to planning the trips and to recruiting and scouting. So it's a little bit of everything every day. Um, I don't have a set routine. It's just kind of what, I guess I'm just trying to like that day prioritize what's more important and, um, you know, what deadlines I have to meet and stuff like that. Cause I'm constantly mm -hmm. having to, you know, like I just finished an itinerary for a trip for next week. Um, but I'm still having to scout for the team that we're playing this weekend. Um, while monitoring study hall, you know, at the same time. So, you know, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's all over the place, but it's constantly busy. Um, so, so what, Susan, so what would you say is like a common misconception then that people have um, uh, for you and just coaching in general? Uh, that you just come in and show for practice, you blow a whistle and then you're, <laughs> you go home. Yeah. It's yeah. not like that. I'm yeah. averaging about 14, 15 hours in the office. Um you know, including, you know, two, three hours of practice every day too. So, and, 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 and for our listeners, that's probably because you are wanting to, like, you actually genuinely care about your job and, and, and you want to, you want your the students to succeed and you want the Correct. program obviously to succeed and you have the best interests of the program. Yeah, no, there's definitely coaches who clock in and clock out. They'll show yeah. up right before practice and leave right after practice. Um, yeah. I can't do that. Right. I, like you said, like I'm invested and I want, you know, I want what's best for the program and the players here. So, um, you know, you get what you put in to it for sure. Okay. So, so um, one of the things that you mentioned to me prior to us even starting the show is that um, you uh, almost, it seems as if you inherited the program, like you came in midway of the season. So um, you did mention to me that you guys are what, one in 18, right? 
Yeah. So you have your first win, apparently. So congratulations. Thank you. It just um, happened on Friday. <laughs> yeah. So so with that being said, like what are what are some things that you've noticed that 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 needs to change in the program? Um, and what are some things that you feel like you guys are doing really well in? Um, you know, coming in, you know, the previous coach, um, the one that coached here through the fall, uh, she, unfortunately she was a clock in clock out type of coach. So there wasn't a ton of, um, investment in the program. So, I mean, everything from the ground up had to be, um, I guess installed or, or built, you know, when I got here. So Mm -hmm. once they, um, they let go of that coach in the fall, they did hire somebody in January, but then she ended up taking another job in April. So she was only here for a few months. And during that time, they transitioned from division two to division one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they went through the hiring process again and then hired me. Um, so there was a lot of, I know from a cultural standpoint, um, even from a, like an emotional and mental um, health standpoint for the players, it was a, it was a huge roller coaster for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, finally, you know, administration makes a change for the better and they bring in another coach and then she only is here for a few months. So I know it kind of like really messed with the kids a little bit. Um, but then coming in, I kind of had to change, you know, the expectations and the standards and, and all of that. And, and really it has nothing to do with the transition from division two to division one. It's just running a good collegiate program. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having to start with, you know, the standards, you know, what the expectations are, um, you know, what, I think we need to make sure that we're paying attention to uh, versus, you know, basically they kind of ran amok before um, and there was really no um, structure and I had to kind of, um, you know, come in and instill that. So that was um, something that was very different um, for them. Uh, but I'm, I'm used to that. I've, I've been, you know, the new coach in a program and having to do all of that. So it wasn't new to me. Um but I knew that there was a lot of building that had to be done. The previous coach um, didn't uh, recruit well. Um, so even at the division two level, <clears throat> excuse me, they, they weren't very successful. Um, so there was a certain talent level that I was working with. And even on top of that, there was a lack of training here as well. So, um, you know, training was really important, just making sure that they're learning how to instill certain, certain um, systems and, um, you know, they didn't, basically they were all a bunch of individuals playing, right. And volleyball, just like football is, you know, um, the ultimate team sport, like you, everyone has to play their role in order for everything to, you know, go well. So, um, just making sure that they understood one, the fundamentals of the different skills that are involved, and then how do we put that all together? Um, so, so from an X's and O's standpoint, um, and from a volleyball, um, you know, technical standpoint, um, all that stuff had to be trained. And then the structure of, you know, again, the standards, you know, if you're not 10 minutes early, you're late, um, you know, um, you know, how to set up the gym for practice, uh, how we're going to conduct ourselves in an airport when we're traveling, you know, things like things that most people probably don't think about, like you said, um, but all these things are so important in running a program because you're also trying to teach them life lessons, like, this is what's going to fly in the real world, what's not going to fly or, um, you know, paying attention to the details um, outside of, you know, the volleyball court that will then translate to paying attention to the details in, you know, on the court. So mm-hmm. just 
yeah, covering from A to Z and, you know, um, anywhere from, you know, the sky to the ground. Like, I mean, it's everything they had to right. kind of had to retrain. So, and we're still in that process now because they're also getting used to me as a coach. So, right. Uh, yeah. So what, what kind of, what kind of culture are you trying to create um, or, or recreate? Yeah. Um, I mean, I know some people are kind of against it, but I am trying to build like a family type of atmosphere here. You know, this is their home away from home. Um, you know, they spend a lot of time with each other. I spend a lot of time with them. And a lot of times, like I even know things that their parents might not even know, you know? Um, so there is um, definitely a, an intimacy um, with collegiate athletics. Um, you know, you're just spending a lot of time um, with one another and you see, you see a lot of the good and you see a lot of the bad, right? You see the struggles, you see, um, you know, if, if they're struggling with their academics or if they're just struggling with their mental health, um, you know, you're a coach has to just wear so many different hats. Um, you know, so yeah, like I'm trying to build a type of culture where they feel very comfortable, um, you know, being away from home and that their parents trust me to take care of their daughters. Uh, you know, so it's, it's, it's a pretty big role, right? Like right. Um, you're helping them. These are such like formidable years for them um, as they try to grow and figure out what kind of people they want to be. Um, and, uh, you know, they're trying to also figure out their career paths and and all of that. So right. um, it's an interesting time in their lives to be a part of. And um, there's definitely huge rewards for it too, like getting invited to their weddings when once they graduate and, you know, become adults and, go down that path or watch them have babies, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, trying to build like a family type of atmosphere, um, where, where they can, you know, learn to grow and become better versions of the, of themselves, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I think, I think your take on it is so important considering the fact that, you know, uh, it's already hard enough to make it to a collegiate level and play a sport. And then obviously it's another level to make it a living, you know, whether even if you want to be like a coach or, uh, you know, or run a clinic at some level uh, as a division one athlete, like making it to the pros is probably not a statistical chance, you know? So, um, you know, I think that it sounds as if you're trying to create an environment where you're preparing uh, women to be, uh, better leaders in the real world and also understanding the realities of the real world. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's a great thing. Um, now what's your kind of take on that? Like, where do you find a lot of, like, what, like, where do you find a lot of the students, like after they complete their collegiate career, uh, in volleyball, do they kind of like, what do they end up becoming? They end up becoming doctors, accountants. Like, what do they do? Like, tell me yeah. kind of like what, what ends up happening after that? Like, I mean, a little bit of everything. I know people yeah. who, um, I, I know a lot of nurses, uh, accountants. Um, yeah, there's, uh, I, if they're computer science majors, I know there's people that are, right. some of my players are making significantly more money than I am. And they just graduated like a year ago, you yeah. know? Um, yeah, they're, I mean, as far as their um, career paths, like they're, they're all over and whatever they're passionate in. Um, I've been, you know, being at Holy Family, you get a lot of nursing majors. So you see, you know, a lot of them out there being successful nurses, um, teachers. Um, yeah, just communications. There's a little bit of everything. So um, it's beautiful. It's cool to kind of see them do that. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's beautiful. So, I mean, um, I mean, apart from that, like, um, do you have uh, anything else that you wanted to add that I might have missed uh, in this interview or anything else that you wanted to share about your program? Yeah, I mean, I think I, we were just having these conversations with the other coaches and stuff. I, you know, I you brought up a point of, um, you know, what is it that you do on a day to day? Because I think a lot of people probably think you just come in, you blow the whistle, and then you <laughs> go home. But yeah. um, I, I think one of the I, what I love about this job is you get to do a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. I know some people don't like the administrative stuff, but like those are things that I oddly enjoy doing. Um, but those are things that are very necessary um, to be able to have the program run. Um, and there's things that I can do in my sleep, but then there's things that just take up a lot of time. I love um, having the practice plan and, and figure out, you know, training wise what to do. Um, but yeah, it's, there's a lot more to this job than people think. Sometimes you have to be like a psychologist, you know, and sit here and have conversations with the players about sometimes some pretty, you know, dark things, right? Um, right. You know, they're again, they're college kids, so they're struggling with a lot of different things. Um, but yeah, doing that, managing, you know, your roster, also managing yourself and trying to, you know, take time for yourself and be able to make sure that you don't burn out, you know, while doing all of this. Um, and yeah, and I think you you mentioning like, um, you know, that these are young women trying to you know, go through college and then eventually become, you know, uh, adults in the real world. And um, that's another thing too, especially as a female myself, um, trying to teach them to be strong females, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. like stick up for yourself and advocate for yourself. And don't, you know, don't say sorry for things that you shouldn't be saying sorry for, um, you know, cause when they make a mistake in the gym, they're like, sorry, sorry, sorry. And you're like, what are you sorry for? Right. Like volleyball is a game of errors. There's going to be errors. And, um, just trying to teach them, um, you know, those kinds of things too. So hopefully I'm setting a good example, you know, myself um, through my actions and, and stuff, but um, yeah, just making it a better experience for them. Um, but it is hard. Like you said, it's their full-time college students and their full-time athletes. You know, my team this year is traveling a lot. So yeah. just trying to, you know, navigate through everything um, is difficult. And um you know, again, just talking with other coaching friends, we're like, if you had like a, a day in the life of, and you came and sat down and watched what we do on a daily basis, I think a lot of people would be, you know, very, yeah, yeah very surprised about um, what this job actually entails. Because mm -hmm. um, I would say coaching in the gym and in games are probably, you know, the smallest percentage compared to all the other things that you have to juggle. So um, especially in a school that doesn't have a ton of resources. Right. Um, you know, when you're a one man show or one woman show, um, you know, there's a lot of things that you have to do and you don't have a ton of staff members to do it. So, um, but in all of that, it's very, like I said, very rewarding. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when you, you know, I, I most recently went to a, play, a former player's wedding um, and there's, you know, teammates that were a part of her bridal party and stuff oh, like so that. Cool. And yeah. And one of them who is a nurse um, came up to us and, you know, I was there with uh, Jeff, who I coached with for many years. Um, you know, she's like, I, she's like, I'm, you know, I'm a little tipsy right now, but I, I wanted to, you know, just say that all that stuff that I learned in college and in that like team setting, like that really carries over to what I'm doing in my job now, like being an ER nurse, like 
I, we need to work together as a team, you know? And she's like, it's so crazy how many people don't know how to do that. Right. And, you know, thankfully I had that opportunity playing, you know, for you guys and you guys really instill instilling those standards for us and understanding what, how important it is to communicate and do all that. So just seeing how they're applying it in the real world is cool as well. So, um, yeah. No, that's so awesome, Susan. Um, one thing I want to mention is I did interview my former cross country coach uh, from high school, mm-hmm. and uh, he was definitely one of the most impactful human beings in my high school career. Um, not only because he was a, a really good with X's and O's, like he was really good to coach, but um, he always bought brought in a sense of camaraderie to the team. Mm-hmm. And um, it doesn't sound like it's a lot. Uh, only because like cross country is not really a sexy sport, right? All it is, is you run, right? But um, just having the the ability to be friends with someone uh, on season as well as off season, like we were doing summer miles together. Uh, some of us were going summer camps, like running camps together. And then uh, we would have like pasta nights. Like mm-hmm. it was just like those moments of time where um, there was a sense of uh, bonding but then it also taught me by the time when I was a senior to be a leader, um, you know, uh, leading by example, as you mentioned, right? So uh, those are all things that he instilled. And uh, without you even knowing it, you kind of realize it until you become of age, right? So therefore, yeah. I think that story that you mentioned, like your students now are, in, uh, you know, they're adults and they're getting married and now they're telling you, you know, yeah. but yeah. It's, it's those moments of time at that very moment where they don't even notice that they're changing as human beings for the better. Yeah. So um, such a blessing for you to do that. And that's why I wanted to specifically do this interview with you because I think it's so important for people to know um, the impact coaches make, um, whether it's volleyball, whether it's cross country, whether it's in life, it doesn't matter, right? Um, we all need some form of mentoring and leadership and uh, really appreciate that. And it also helps that you're Korean. So, yeah. um, you know, for the culture, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's what's up. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'll end with one last question. Uh, where can our listeners find and know more information about you? Oh, man. Um, I guess, I mean, on a real day-to-day thing, probably following like my Instagram or my Facebook, I guess is the most, you know, up-to-date stuff. But I mean, my bio on my, you know, um, college website probably has a lot of stuff, but I'm not a big, uh, I try to keep up with my social media, but you know, it's sporadic. It's more for me to kind of have the records, you know, um, it's my own like photo album, if that makes sense. But yeah. Um, yeah, I guess my, the most, you know, up-to-date stuff is probably like my bio, but if people really want to get to know me, they can always reach out to me. Um, cause I love having conversations with people. I hate interviews, but, <laughs> but I'll do, I, you know, I, I love having conversations with people and, and like you said, getting to know them and knowing their story and stuff like that. Cause I think, um, I think there's a lot more to people than people realize sometimes. Right. Like, right. um, like you and I go to, went to church together, but, um, like, you know, me as a volleyball coach, but other than that, you know, um, you know, you, you don't really get to know people until you're spending a lot more time with having deeper conversations for sure. So, and, and yeah. fun fact for the audience, uh, Susan is not just a good volleyball player. She is a hell of a softball player because 
during these church tournaments that we have these softball tournaments um every team makes the mistake of uh, pulling uh, their outfield towards the infield and she smacks it over their head so fun fact everyone she could smack the ball oh man yeah i i miss playing i want to yeah play. we got to get you back over here we got to get know. back when you when you get a chance yeah, hopefully but, i can make it yeah 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 it's yeah. always a pleasure seeing talking to you and having this conversation it's just honestly a pleasure um but yeah i'll put in your information in the description and links below and um yeah i'll look forward to talking to you later yeah thank you thanks for having All right. me Take care. Lean real estate, find you the best rate. I'll do our Philly like Google Expressway. Talking to people who added a two and five, even the two six seven who always helping like oh no time for no student.